liquid glory. What is the liquid glory? You know, people say it's vodka. It's not. It's godka. It is. Hallelujah. Get drunk on love. You ever gone a whole day loving everyone from the moment you wake up? I'm not sure I have. I'm getting there, though. My days are getting sweet. So sweet. Mmm. You really learn to love with the Father's glory. That liquid love, that liquid glory from the deepest realm of glory called the Garden of Eden. That waterfall, deep calling unto deep in the noise of his waterfall, all his waving breakers sweeping over us constantly out of your belly. The river of life out of your belly. The waterfall of Eden out of your belly. Liquid glory out of your belly. Liquid love. And your mind doesn't shut down its gate right here in your forehead for anything of the behavior that you see and you don't shut down that liquid love from being poured on their heads and you'll be surprised you'll change their behavior as you learn to love we've been trying to do it in religion we've been so religious towards ourselves and towards others and it's just the human nature you don't have to be a Christian to be religious it's that's original sin across the board of every nation tribe and tongue the whole world over for 6,000 years of human history. It's all religion everywhere, every nation. That's what's ingrained in the flesh. What's a new pattern that you develop by the discipleship of the grace and the favor of the Lord conditioning your heart is unconditional love poured out in liquid glory out of your belly from the waterfall of Eden upon their heads. Well, how do you lose your own spirit how do you lose your own mind? Well, it takes practice. The apostles grew in love. They did. Jesus grew in love. Where is that written? Luke chapter 2. And he grew, and he grew, and he grew, and he grew. Until he was the exact fullness of the Father at age 33, and the Father took him. When he was the exact representation, the Bible says he was made perfect through what he suffered. He grew and he grew and he grew until his love was the same measure of the Father's liquid love on earth. Amen? All the way to the cross. Pouring out all his heart on all humanity. Perfect love. And how are they treating him? If you are the Son of God, come off the cross and we'll believe in you. You know, they'll mock you every day because you're actually dealing with all the wounds in their spirit, all the wounds in their memories, all the wounds in their father, all the wounds in their mother. Oh, yeah. We got mother wounds. We got father wounds. We got brother wounds. We got sister wounds. We got self wounds. I mean, people are so wounded. To find someone not wounded, they don't even exist. That's a unicorn. That's not a human being, that's a unicorn. You want to capture that unicorn and start a circus because you just found a unicorn. People pay a million dollars to see that unicorn. You capture that thing. Have a tent. Come see my unicorn. I found someone with no hurt in it. They got no brother wounds, no sister wounds, no father wounds, no mother wounds. A perfect person don't exist. Hallelujah. What does the Bible say? All have sinned and fallen short, except one. 
Jesus, the Son of God. Amen? Now you got to understand that you're progressively leaning your ability upon His ability. You're progressively leaning your personality upon His personality. You know, big thing in the psych psychology church nowadays of all the soulishness that's out there is what personality are you? They did it to me. You know, and I came up with some extrovert, and they're like, oh, yeah, we knew that about you. I was like, well, I wonder what Jesus is, and, you know, he's in your belly, and they're like, they wouldn't listen. They literally walked away. They couldn't hear any revelation. I've been testing people every day in full-time ministry for 13 years with extreme revelation. Most people can't hear anything from the Father. They're just stuck where they're at in the flesh and trying to live a good life and, you know, whatever. But we're here for the hardcore people that want to go all the way, you know? I mean, how much of the Father do you want to walk in? How many prophecies do you want to see fulfilled? How much of heaven do you want to bring to earth? How great in the kingdom do you want to be? Do you want the Lord Jesus to know your name like he knew the Apostle Paul and Barnabas' name? The book of Acts says, These men were set apart by the Holy Spirit by name. And that name was mentioned to everyone in Jerusalem. Paul! Oh, well, it's not about Paul. Well, it is about Paul, because the Holy Spirit said it was. Holy Ghost. Problem is, is you haven't sacrificed like Paul. So you're envious of him. A jealous hater of Paul. Oh, yeah. You could have joined him. You could have been great with him if you'd sacrificed your heart with him. There were people that saw Paul's greatness, that apostolic grace that was given to him as a gift, and be like, I'm just going to humble myself, hang around him. That man's called Luke and wrote two whole books of the New Testament. You know? You don't see much about Luke doing anything other than just humbling himself and hanging out with the apostle. God used him as a scribe. Wrote the Gospel of Luke in the book of Acts. How awesome is that? Wow. Trying to find humility around here is like a needle in the haystack. People are just all wanting to be the Apostle Paul. Everyone wants to be the Apostle Paul. <laughs> My God. And that's cool. But, I mean, just get a taste of the price you got to pay first. Hey, I mean, we're not going to shoot that down. That's zeal, baby. That's zeal. We can work with zeal. I hope you become the Apostle Paul. My God. That would be awesome. I'd come into your city and just... Ah, open heavens. I found the realm of Zion on earth under the Apostle Paul. But it hasn't happened yet, has it? No, it's coming forth, though. It's coming forth through men and women that will sacrifice like Paul sacrificed. He spent 17 years in Arabia to get all the religion out of his heart. That's what the book of Galatians says. All that pharisaical garbage in him from Gamaliel that he counted as garbage, the Bible says he counted it as garbage, refuse, scum, poop. It actually says poop. Counted it as poop. He had the highest level of education in the entire world of that day. The Pharisees who studied under Gamaliel were the highest learned religious people. You could say, well, maybe the Areopagus in Athens, but... Not really, because I mean, they're idiots, <laughs> you know? They, I mean, the Greek education is a totally different realm than the Jewish education. That Jewish education was the highest level of learning in the universe. 
Paul said he counted it as garbage. He counted it as garbage, you guys. Garbage! I mean, try to get these people to count their college degree as garbage. They're proud of it. They're putting the plaque up on their wall. How many degrees do you have? How many ministries are like PhD? This is Dr. Apostle, blah, blah, blah. I see it every day. Dr. Apostle, blah, blah, blah. What? Paul said he counted it as garbage. Now, he did call himself an apostle. Over 20 times, he says, I'm an apostle, and I'm an apostle writing to you, apostolically, apostle, me, 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 apostle, apostle, apostle. And that's in the realm of Moses, who says about himself, I'm the most humble person in the world. And he's right. That's the apostolic, where it's like, you're not speaking about your flesh. This ain't carnal, immature, nursery Christianity. You're speaking about the roots of David formed in your belly, that there's nothing left in you except God now. Amen? You want to know where the twelve are? I'm looking for the twelve. I'm looking for the apostles. They're up there. Keep going. Higher and higher and higher. Where? The twelve stones, the twelve pearls, and the twelve stars. And it's not about flesh, it's about spirit. So that when you can tell people the things of the spirit at a mature level of wisdom, they can keep going higher in the glory, lower in humility, get free from all their pride and lust because you're just opening up whole rooms of wisdom for them to explore that they never knew were available. And the wisdom is in the word, and the word is a container of experiences. You can go into all these words and just open up whole realms, go into every book in the Bible, and it will begin leaping off the pages. That's what we want to open up for the whole world. I'm telling you, just opening up the scroll, loosing the seven seals with the fullness called the Lion of the tribe of Judah that's formed in every true leader in the world. Amen? There are leaders in the world, the true, called and sent, apostolic leaders of the nations are opening the seven seals. Amen? So that everything that's written can be on fire. There's no more water of the word. It's all fire word. (laughs) It's no more dead letter. It's all living, active, energized, and everything you've put in you from the Bible is experienced, experiential. Wisdom is experience plus knowledge. Without experience, I mean, it's one thing to have knowledge, you know, brain, 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 you know, you can spend eight hours a day in the Bible for 50 years and go to hell. It's a dead letter that kills without wisdom, without the Spirit. The Spirit mixes her wine and adds it to the meat of the Word. Without the Spirit, you cannot follow God. What does the Bible say? Those who follow the Spirit of God are the children of God. Those that don't follow the Spirit of God are not the children of God. So we need the Spirit of God And we need the Word of God, and we need the blood of God. And we have those three things, and those three things are in agreement. Amen? How much blood do you need? Well, you have the Lamb on the throne, and proceeding from the Lamb in the midst of the throne is a river. And that's the river of His blood. That's the river of His life. The life is in the blood. It's a river of blood. And His blood is transfigured, so it's the river of glory. A transfigured living being's blood is glory. Liquid glory. That's the title of tonight's message. Liquid glory. Called the blood of Jesus. It's liquid glory. We see red, now see white. See rainbow. See sparkles. Amen? (laughs) Get undone from the realm of religion that just sees natural. 
we see human blood. When you talk about the you know, blood of Jesus, do you see human blood? I mean, is, is Jesus' blood different now? He said, woman, do not cling to me before I have ascended to the Father, right? Mary, Rabboni, at the tomb. Woman, do not cling to me because I have not yet ascended to my Father. Why? Because my blood is not poured out on the four horns of the golden altar before His Father in heaven to seal the salvation of the new covenant. To start the dispensation of grace of the Spirit without measure for the believers of the Christians on earth as it is in heaven to drink as much of His blood, His transfigured blood, His glorified blood, His river of life proceeding from His throne out of your bellies by the desire of your minds. If your mind doesn't desire it, you'll never have it. If you really want it, you'll sacrifice whatever it takes to get it. We've been doing this thing by the hundreds of thousands. We did 75 million in two, mo- in two months, three years ago, just to test to see what's out there. People say they want it, but when it comes to paying the price, most don't. They just go away sad like the rich young ruler. I mean, that's the majority. 99% of the people are not willing to sacrifice themselves to experience the deep things of the Heavenly Father. So you have to meet them where they're at, keep pouring out wine, keep pouring out oil, until it just hatches off their heads and all the delusion, all the lies, like there's a life here apart from the glory. Like there's a life here apart from your Father? You know, like there's a life here apart from the kingdom? What are you going to do without the kingdom and the power and the glory of the Father? Die and go to hell. You just kill yourself. Sin. Falling short of the glory is sin. All of sin and falling short of the glory. What happens when you enter the glory? You don't sin anymore. The problem with us is we have settled for charismania. God TV level. Even in revival, it's about miracles and miracles are great. Miracles will increase until no one needs a miracle. You don't need a miracle when you've, you're perfectly whole, you know? You only need a miracle when you're broken and sick and messed up from sin. Amen? So you enter the glory and it's like you're just so healthy that the overflow of your cup just starts healing everyone around you. That's what the glory realm is all about. It's the, the deepest realm of the Father's health, His healing in His heart, His love, His true person. You can say it's God's innermost being, His Spirit. God has an innermost being. So do you. You're, out of your innermost being flows springs and rivers of power. But of this He spoke of the Holy Spirit. So the innermost being of the Father flows through the innermost being of the Son and the daughter, you. You're the Son, you're the daughter. Why? so that you could know God the Father's nature because you're created in His image. If God's innermost being has a river proceeding from Him, so does yours. Glory. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. So, people have love wounds, don't they? We talk about this stuff and the revelation knowledge of the glory every day. And then it's like, about. A few of them bear fruit. A lot of them don't get it. And you just have to keep hearing the word until you actually are persuaded. Paul says until you're fully persuaded in your mind that the word is true. You know, if you really want to get easy, if you want it to get real easy for you, start spending two to four hours in the word every day. I read the Bible two to four hours every day because I need to. Otherwise, I get tempted into sin just like everyone else. 
If I'm not full on the word, I'll go into the world and try to fill up my flesh to fill the, the carnal appetite. But there's just death anyway, and I hate the sting of death, and I, it's like suicide, you know. I, I hate the atmosphere of Judas Iscariot, so I don't want that around my soul. So I'm, I've learned through experiences to just fill my belly with the word. And the next four months, I'm just seeing, going through the book of Revelation every single day. Every single day. You know, you don't have to do that, but if you're hungry, you want to fill your belly with the Word. And I read the Word like a machine gun. You know, I like to listen to it, and I like to see it, but I like to machine gun it. It's not for your thinker, it's for your drinker. It gets inside your spirit, and your spirit expands. Who's the Word? King of kings and Lord of lords. You know? It's the Word of His power, and it's the Word of His glory. And the Word of God is living, active, and energized when it's believed upon. When it's not believed upon, your spirit's dead. Your spirit's dormant, and you're just a carnal meat sack. You're just an animal. There's literally nothing different about a, a person in sin than an animal. They're animals. They're called the marks of the beast, the beast nature, of the chief of the beasts of all the fields submitted to Satan, who's the chief of the beasts of the flesh nature. So they're the satanic human beings that submit to the flesh. So you have to energize their spirits so they're not animals, but Christians are alive and active and energized. And it's true. You don't have to go to church to be a Christian, but you have to have your name in the Lamb's Book of Life. You have to be a member of the church of the firstborn in heaven, of the pastor of the great shepherd, who soon shall appear. You have to have an intimate relationship with the Godhead, and you have to be growing. You always have to be growing. You can't stop growing. If you stop growing, then your leaves wither and you die. And you get bitter. Remember Lot's wife? She started walking away from Sodom, she turned back, and people think, well, it's just, you know, you stay where you're at. But if you stay where you're at, you actually die. A lot of people come to a place where they say no to God and they get afraid because they're about to lose some familiar spirit out of the chains of their heart and they've never had freedom in that area of their life and their parents never had freedom their grandparents never had freedom and it's just that generational curse is inside their spirit it's in their spirit it's in their belly <laughs> and so they're scared to take their DNA into realms that their DNA has never known before you have to be brave and courageous to heal your DNA to heal your heart because it's like, well, my mom and dad have always done that, and they've always had these sin patterns, and it's all that. And that's your familiar spirits, your family's spirits, the, the altars of demons that mom and dad served at and that you're tempted to serve at all the days of your life until you break the altars, break the chains out of your own heart. Amen? Glory. And it's a fun thing to do, because when you get set free, then your family just domino effects. They'll be angry at you at first because you're attacking their demons. You're attacking the ancestral demons and the altars that some of these families have served hundreds and hundreds of years. These altars go down into the underworld, into the place of the dead, and there's cables and cords attached to the heart. So when you begin... To get, or you get born again, or you begin to receive revelation and teaching, you receive the apostolic and faithful witness of the glory that makes you a son and daughter of God, and only the Father is your Father, and He fathers your glory, then you start fighting these false fathers. Other gods, that are no gods at all but demons, are what are fathering your spirit, 
and why people are so slow to grow in the anointing and in the glory. Some people are incredibly dull, incredibly slow, and it takes them 20 years to even just grow an inch. That's because their heart is so connected to the realm of demons because they're so cursed. Now the power of the Father can snap that off instantly and it just boom, boom, tender shoot, and he restores all the years the canker worm has eaten. It doesn't need to take 20 years. It's about how much power you encounter in the container of the word. How energized is the apostolic and the prophetic word with grace, love, oil, wine, living water, angels, and it just comes in. And I'm telling you, one word from a mature one, a mature son of God, can be the difference of 10,000 years of listening to baby Christians. I mean, the power contrast is like giants to mice. It really is. I mean, there's no equality in the kingdom of heaven whatsoever. You've developed your spirit life to the amount you've feasted on his flesh and feasted on his blood. And everyone in the kingdom has different rewards of silver, gold, and gemstones working in the treasure house of their spirit life. So we're coming into a time of the giants of the glory that have filled their spirit with the wisdom of the ages. And I saw in a vision today as I was walking around the lake, I saw seven lightnings come out of our spirit life and remain as fissures upon the seven mountains of the world. That's what never-ending revival is. The seven lightnings. There's seven lightnings of the seven spirits of God of the fullness of the Father's power that remain upon the mountains of the world. Satan brought Jesus Christ up to a high and lofty mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world. Those mountains are written about throughout the entire Bible. The book of Revelation talks about the horror of Babylon sitting on the seven mountains. That's what keeps them not baptized in Mount Zion. What does the Bible say? Isaiah? The mountain of the Lord shall rise as chief of all the mountains in the last days. One mountain, which is your spirit life, rises and covers seven mountains, which is all natural life, all human flesh and blood life. The seven mountains are flesh and blood. You consume the seven mountains by Mount Zion. I've been seeing this mountain rising in my spirit since the day I was born again. It's a mountain of anointing oil. It's the mountain of the Lord rising as chief, chief apostle in the last days. And it consumes all flesh and blood with unquenchable fire. You can't put out this oil because this oil is not from earth. This oil is from the Father himself, and he is predestined and foreordained a generation to carry this mountain, to manifest his mountain through all the natural dimension and consume all flesh and blood and drown all flesh and blood in the anointing oil. There's only going to be one mountain left after we're done. I mean, I believe it takes about a thousand years for the seven mountains to fully assimilate into the perfect kingdom of heaven. I believe that's called the day of the Lord that we're 19 years in, in the Jewish year, 6,019 right now. Gregorian calendar, 2019. Jewish calendar, 6,019. Why? Because the Pharisees changed it by over 200 years in the first century to not point to Jesus as the Messiah. The true and accurate Jewish year you are in right now is 6,019. You are 19 years deep into the day of the Lord. 
And this day of the Lord is when the seven mountains are assimilated into the one chief mountain of the fullness of the apostolic nature of Jesus Christ. What's the apostle? Love. It's the deepest realm of glory. No one's an apostle unless they walk in the Father's love. I don't care how many churches you've planted. It's not about church planning. It's not. Church planning don't make you apostle. Numbers, they'll be there because you'll be walking in such love and by my love I've drawn you. But it's all about representing accurately the agape unconditional love of the Father from the waterfalls of the depths of His heart. Deep calling unto deep at the noise of your waterfalls. All your waves and breakers sweeping over me, but it's not about me, it's about humanity. It's about covering all flesh. Girl flesh, boy flesh, man flesh, woman flesh, grandpa flesh, grandma flesh, children's flesh, with perfect agape glory love of the Garden of Eden. It's the waterfall realm of the Father. It's the deepest apostolic witness there is. Unless you walk in that realm, you're not a true and faithful witness. The true and faithful witness is that deep realm of Eden. And it comes out of rebellious waterfalls. And it's an ever-increasing glory. Because once you get a taste of it, nothing else will satisfy. You can't go back to just normal religion. You can't go back to the inner court. You can't go back to just casual Christianity, a casual commitment. I mean, you become a disciple. You fall in love. You become a son and daughter willing to sacrifice whatever to stay in that realm. I have. And I'm like a prototype of what's to come. I know. I've, I've tasted everything there is here many times. And this realm is worth sacrificing everything every day for. And I just, I'm so excited to see many people beginning to drink it. Taste and see that the Lord is good. And beginning to understand real Christ Christianity of what the Messiah walked in and gave us through his body <laughs> through the torn veil to live in that realm of glory to live in the depths of the Father's heart so deeply that you don't have human experiences anymore that's what they persecute they want to pull you in to the natural realm because they're full of snakes when you won't join them in their sin and you are sealed in the glory realm. That's when they start attacking you. That's the persecution, Peter says, for the spirit of glory. But there comes a time when you're so fortified and you bring in multiple numbers, don't you? You bring in Elijah, Elisha, you bring in the eunuchs, you bring in Jehu, and you bring in the dogs, and you bring in the white horses, and you just take out that whole governmental system of Jezebel out of the USA and out of the nations, and you have just never-ending revival because a huge group of people got into the fullness of the Father's depths of His heart and His love and His glory and the knowledge of the glory, and it begins to cover the earth as the waters cover the sea, and all of the things that kill us and hurt us that keep us at strife against each other, begin to die and wash into hell. We begin to have heaven on earth. That's why he died. We begin to drown the seven mountains. That's why he died on the cross. Mount Zion begins to become chief of all the mountains in the last days, as it is written. And you're now beginning to see it and experience it. You're beginning to see the glory. You're seeing the glory. You're seeing the Father. Some of you are seeing the Father every day. 
Most people are confused. How do you get rid of the confusion? Purify yourself from immorality and sorcery. Babylon the Great means great confusion. The great confusion is the immorality and the sorcery. They work hand in hand. You get that whole realm out of you by purifying your heart from unrighteousness. How? 1 John 1 9, confessing your sin. Oh, I've been religious. Oh, I've been lustful. I've, I've been hiding some stuff in my tent. You know, like the ancient Israelites, they'd, they'd steal some stuff out of greed and envy and, they, you know, lust, and they put it in their tent, you know, and then they get busted and they get stoned to death. Well, God's not going to stone you to death. God wants it out of your tent because you're only hurting yourself and allowing the enemy into your heart. And that's why a lot of people are sick because of it, because of harboring hurts and wounds and secret sin, and they're not willing to forgive, and they're not willing to forgive themselves, and they're not willing to just drink the wine, drink the oil, and eat the bread, and have never-ending revival. You know, you give them the actual apostolic witness, and then you give them the prophecy, and you give them the word, and they're not willing to receive it, well, then there's no salvation for anyone. If you can't receive the apostolic word, there's zero chance of you ever entering the kingdom of heaven. Because the apostolic witness of the glory realm, of the Garden of Eden, of the waterfall, will keep getting stronger upon all flesh. God was talking to me about the oil press and the wine press, removing the pressure of performance of religion. Now, the oil press and the wine press are the goodness of God. It's the wine and oil. The oil is the favor of God. The wine is the love of God. And they're presses, just like you get olive, you press, just like you get grapes, you press. And so there's a pressure and an atmosphere and a press of the oil and the wine of God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And it, it is stronger than death. You have to get it. And there is a pressure of performance. There's a, there's a pressure of lust. You know? You see it all the time. It's all over the Bible. Or the, the woman, the harlot will come. Or the man or the woman, whatever. The adulteress. They come around. You know, people will come around. And there's just that temptation, that Delilah spirit and that lust spirit. And it's everywhere. It's everywhere. And so, and it tries to pull you. There's a pressure to sin. But there's also a pressure of righteousness. And the transition now is that the pressure of righteousness will overtake the pressure of sin. I mean, I experience this. It's easier for me to walk in light than it is darkness because we've been doing it so long. It, it's hard at first, but once you get the way and it, you get the truth and you get the discipleship and you get the wisdom and you get the revelation and you, you understand God's ways and God's thought, it gets easier and easier. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. It's only hard if you've never done it before because you've been taught wrong your whole life in religion. It gets easier and lighter the more and more close and intimate you get with God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ in your heart. It does. Because you just get all the bad behavior, all the bad patterns out of you, all the addictions of, to religion and rituals and rites and sorcery break off you and the immorality goes with the sorcery. Sorcery is religion. Sorcery is typically Sunday morning rituals. Rituals. Ritualistic. It doesn't have to be ritualistic, but most for most people it's a ritual and very little about intimacy. Very little about wine barrels. I mean, you see. You see how people treat the wine and the oil. What does the Bible say in Revelation? But harm not the wine and the oil. Harm not the wine and the oil. Because the wine press and the oil press are going to harm religion. They're going to harm sorcery, which is religion. They're going to harm immorality, lust. 
all of that realm that keeps people in the natural realm, that keeps people immature in the natural realm after they're born again, the oil press and the wine press is harming because it's hurting you and it's killing God's people. And so true apostolic and prophetic leadership will stand up in the gap and start harming and destroying the things that are killing God's people. And God's people are so interwoven with the sorcery and with the immorality, they feel like they're being attacked because they don't have a personality that's free from sin. They have no grid for freedom. But after a while, they begin to realize, whoa, my, my whole life is getting transformed. Life is way better, and they begin to awaken to the apostolic and the prophetic nature of the two olive trees of Revelation chapter 11. And the fullness of these two olive trees will come in a wine press and an oil press through many in this company and demonstrate a prophetic and apostolic witness that everyone can see the Father. That's what we want. Once they can see the Father, their eyes will hook into the Father and it will multiply the fruitfulness of the kingdom of heaven through their hearts and minds. And that's never-ending revival. That's when it's really game over because their whole five natural senses full of doubt and unbelief get whacked by seeing the glory working in their lives. The goodness of the Lord leading them to repentance. Amen? Lord, I want to read three verses over you and then we'll close. Psalm 66, 12. You caused men to ride over our heads when we were prostrate. We went through fire and through water. But you brought us out into a broad, moist place, to abundance and refreshment and the open air. These are all verses of refreshment and healing and just the heavens opening over your head so there's not constantly the sun and the sorcery striking your head down. You know, there's not anything riding over your head and just your air being clean and clear, that high, rarefied air, Sidroth calls it rarefied air. It's the high holy glory air. It's the Ruach. That's the breath of the Almighty. That's the four living creatures in the four winds of heaven breathing new life into your souls today. Amen? Matthew eleven twenty nine. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am gentle, meek, and humble, lowly in heart, and you will find rest, relief, and ease, and refreshment, and recreation, and blessed quiet for your souls. Luke 11:24. When the unclean spirit has gone out to a person, it roams through the waterless places in search of a place of rest, release, refreshment, ease. And finding none, it says, I will go back to my house from which I came. <laughs> it's so true. You can have a breakthrough, but how do you stay sealed in that breakthrough? You get filled with the Father's love. You have to have a constant flow of the river out of your belly. We've seen so many people come in and have a two-week shock in the glory. But then all of a sudden the enemy comes and sees if they're real about it, and you never see them again. They delete their Facebook. They, I mean, they, you know, they move away. I'm, you see it all the time. I've seen it thousands of times. Thousands of times. Because... You have that glory realm come in and it shocks your senses, it exercises your senses, but then your mind has to decide, am I going to walk with the Father in His glory or am I going to go back into the world? You come to a place where you're so beat up by the world, you know there's nothing there anymore. You can't be deceived. You're not ignorant of Satan's scheming. 
You know, you know you're going to get more blessed. You're going to get richer. You're going to get healthier. You're going to have more peace serving Jesus. And it's not about money, but there's tons of money added unto you. It's true. The businessmen need to understand that serving the anointing is more profitable than serving anything else, than serving money, than serving gold. Making your decisions by the anointing will bless your businesses a hundred times more than making decisions out of your brain using natural economic wisdom. Clearly, Jesus Christ said in the Bible, and you can read all about the wisdom of Ecclesiastes, and there's tremendous amounts of scriptures about multiplying financial wealth. In the Old Covenant, it was called the Kavad, the economic buying power in the glory realm. Sanctified the riches for the use of the temple. All the silver and the gold belong to me. Verse after verse after verse, Jesus Christ having a treasure system in his ministry of only three years. And I'm telling you, this comes with the glory realm. And for businessmen, the glory is the most exciting thing that could ever hit your marketplace. But you're always tempted because if you get serious about the glory, you'll transform your whole marketplace literally into a trading sea of glass. And it will get wild. You'll have undeserved favor in, in every area you do business. Why? Because there's nothing in you that's Satan. He's coming, but he has nothing in me. So now I have the Father's prosperity. Don't you believe the Father's richer than Satan? Satan doesn't own anything. Not a single thing in the universe belongs to the devil. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. So if you give your whole heart to the Lord today and get serious about moving all, the, removing all the lust, removing all the greed, all the covetousness, all the ideas of self and all the marketing and scheming and stupid crap that's out there in the pyramids in the world, and you get into Zion, you get into the Holy Ghost, you get into the glory, you get into the anointing, you get into the Word, and get into wisdom, and let wisdom build her seven pillars in your heart. You'll experience the prosperity of Solomon in your life. It's true. Solomon had so much wisdom that silver became worthless in his day. All treasure of the earth and the heaven, of the windows and the springs, of everything in the natural dimension, all of it belongs to Jesus, who is the spirit of wisdom. He's not going to transfer wealth to you until your heart and mind is purified from lust from sorcery and immorality. But once you're purified, he's been waiting to just open the storehouses. He doesn't want you to kill yourself. People will go into greed, they'll go into mammon, and they'll never walk another day with Jesus. I've seen it so many times. But once your heart's purified, what does the Bible say? Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, then all things can be added unto you. Is it about things? Oh, Yes, it is about things. Acts 3.21 Jesus Christ remains in heaven until the restoration of all things. Not the restoration of all spirits, but the restoration of things. Buying power. Money. Think money. Say money, money, money. Get that demon out of you. Get that demon loose out of you. It's all about restoring all things. He didn't die to restore just spirits. Otherwise, you wouldn't need apostles. You wouldn't need prophets. You just need evangelists and assassins. You get born again, and an assassin blow your head off, you go to heaven, because your spirit's restored. 
after your spirit's restored, now it's about the restoration of all things in the natural dimension, turning the earth realm into paradise again, like Adam and Eve had it in the beginning, when there was open gold on the banks of the rivers. Amen? Genesis 2, 10 through 15. There was gold and gemstones open. There are so many things that need to be restored. The treasures out of the realms of darkness, out of the bowels of the deep and the bowels of the nation's stomachs. And it all comes forth through you growing in wisdom and sacrificing everything you think you know about God, especially that religious stuff. That poverty, religious crap is Satan, and Christians are full of it because they've been full of external teachings, human philosophy, false humility. And it's not the glory realm, it's not the kingdom, it's not the power, it's not Eden, it's not the waterfalls, there's no angels involved, I mean, there's no favor, there's no grace, there's no prosperity, most of them are sick and they're just miserable and they're pretending like they're holy. Nothing holy about that Calcutta Christianity. We need Zion, streets of gold Christianity. And we're getting it. And we're getting it by wisdom. Letting wisdom build her seven pillars. Because we need to come into a place of maturity where God can entrust us with the stewardship of nations. Go out and disciple all nations, all economies, all governments, all tribes, all cities. Disciple cities. You ever disciple city before? It takes a trillion dollars in every U.S. city. It takes a trillion. New York City, trillions of dollars. Whoa, well, I can't do it. Yes, you can do that if you grow in wisdom. You'll be in high rulership places as you just sacrifice self and grow in Christ. Christ has been made our wisdom. How wise do you want to get? That's your area of influence according to your wisdom. That's how many people the heavenly sphere you can reign over and rule over by serving them perfectly underneath them in the roots of David and over them in the covering of the leaves of the tree of life that heal their flesh, which is their nations that restores their souls, that heals their brains, that removes all the lust from their minds and their eyes. It's true. So let wisdom build her seven pillars in you so that you can be great in influence over your cities and nations. In Jesus' name, we love you guys. Be blessed. Come into financial partnership with Brethren Ministries. Brethren.com. We'll see you tomorrow. Amen.